Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, welcome to the Roman Island League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode with training camp just a few weeks away. I'm going to do a 53-man roster projection for the team. It's obviously a dead time in the NFL schedule, so it's a time for a fun exercise like this. A good amount of spots are up for grabs. Guys have a chance to win a job in training camp and obviously in the three preseason games. Also, look at some position battles heading into camp. So a lot to get to, so let's get started. All right, obviously you're starting with you know quarterback um, with this team. Uh, I think only two are going to make it, so you know, we go into the end of the 2023 season. That's obviously Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Sam Howell is a resumed starter. He's going to start a, a massive, unless there's a massive letdown for him in preseason and in training camp. Um, he got all usually the first team reps during mini camp and OTAs. So he's the guy. Um, he's actually working out right now in Florida with Terry, Jahan, Brian Robinson Jr., um, De'Ami Brown. So, um, you know, obviously he's showing that leadership to, you know, get the guys orchestrated in a summer workout um, before camp starts. Um, so obviously Sam Howell is a good Brissette. If Brissette has to play for this team, I think it's going to be a good, you know, it's a good avenue to go to. Obviously, I think he's better than, he's an upgrade over Taylor as a backup. Um you know, Jacoby is a very, very solid back, one of the best back quarterbacks in the league. And if he has to start five of his games for you, you know, you're going to, you know, basically keep your head above water and at least go 500 probably. So especially with a good team around him. Um, no really chance for a third quarterback here. I don't really see Jake Fromm as an NFL consistent quarterback. Um, he might make the practice squad um, like he was on last year. But really, I'm keeping two quarterbacks there with uh, Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. Um, I'm really excited to see you know, Sam Howell and see what he can do. I liked him in North Carolina. I said that before in this podcast, but, um, you know, he's someone that has a lot of upside, very unproven. He had a really nice game against Dallas. I don't want to say really nice. It was, it was a good game. He, he missed some throws, had a bad interception in the end zone, but he had, you know, a beautiful throw to Terry down the right sideline. Consistently hit Jahan Dawson on a few shorter routes to give Jahan a chance to run after the ball. And even his first, you know, throw as an NFL quarterback, Terry on a drag route, but Terry took the house for the, you know, 16, 17 yard touchdown, whatever it was on that drive. So, Definitely some upside there. He's really just got to be consistent. At running back, I have him going with three three guys, um, Ryan Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, Chris Rodriguez Jr. Um, I considered um, Jared Patterson um, or even Jonathan Williams, but I think Jonathan Williams is in – Role was taken kind of by Chris Rodriguez. They're similar backs. I thought Jonathan is, you know, pretty good when he gets a chance, but um, I think obviously the, there's five guys right there that are capable of NFL running backs. If Patterson ever develops his out of the backfield uh, skills as a pass catcher, you know, I think he's a bigger threat for the roster, um, especially at his size. But um, I think he's another practice squad guy. As long as the same as Jonathan Williams. The X factor here is that they do bring in a guy like Kareem Hunt, you know, the former Kansas City Chief and Cleveland Brown running back. Obviously, spent time with Kansas City when Eric Bieniemy was there. Um, and there was rumors, obviously, a few weeks ago that their team was keeping tabs on him, which I expect them to do. I don't really see a reason to bring him in unless, say, Chris Rodriguez is a really poor training camp or if one of those guys get hurt. I mean, unfortunately, if Brian or Tony Gibson go back, I th- go down, I think, obviously, Kareem Hunt would be their first call. Um, but at this point, I'm just going to keep with those three. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is definitely a punisher or a pounder type, um, like he was at Kentucky. Um 
Could see them keeping four guys there, but like I said, it's going to be between Jonathan William Jonathan and uh, Jarrett Patterson for those last two positions. Um, but definitely, you know, three guys at this point. Uh, at, at this point in time, I'm really excited the way Antonio Gibson is going to look in this offense. I think he's going to really have a you know featured role, especially on third down situations. And Bianami is going to maybe use him in a Jarrett McKinnick type type role like he was in Kansas City. A wide receiver had have six making the team. You have four, you know, guaranteed. Terry, one of the top ten receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. Jahan, who's gonna have a breakout year. He's a freaking stud. They're gonna have two number ones by the time the end of the season ends. I'm really, really high on Jahan. I get Curtis Samuel going into his contract year. Another guy I think is gonna have an expanded role under BNME. Um, kind of like a gadget player, like they use Sky Moore and McCole Hardman in Kansas City. Um, I think he's gonna have that role. Deami Brown. Well, I expect he could have a bigger role this year just because of his um, camaraderie and familiarity with Sam Howell back to their days in North Carolina. Um, but obviously, he's not hes not going to probably get more reps over those three ahead of him. So if one of those guys get hurt, Diamond's going to be the first one up. But I think he's going to have a you know deep ball role, um, kind of like Marquez Valdez-Scantling had in Kansas City last year. Um, but Diamond is a guy I do really like. I liked him coming out of the draft. I just see tough, you know, when he has three really good receivers ahead of him. Fifth spot I have going to Marcus Kemp. Um, the Freedom signing coming over to Kansas City. He's going to take on that Cam Sims role where he's a really good special teamer, um, big body at 6'5". Um, would have liked to see them just keep Cam Sims instead of, you know, bringing a guy like Marcus Kemp, but it makes sense beyond me bringing a guy that he had in Kansas City and Marcus Kemp. And then lastly, at six, the sixth spot, you know, it's going to be between Dax Milne and I think Casimir Allen from um, UCLA. I went with Allen because he's a better returner than Milne. You know, Milne's a guy that he has the potential as a slot receiver. I'm not saying he doesn't, but there's so many good receivers ahead of him. He's not going to really get a, a chance. And when it comes to return skills, if that's the reason this guy's going to make the team, you have to go with Allen. Allen has experience doing it back to his days at UCLA. Um, he's an undrafted rookie, but definitely I think he has a chance to make this team. And if they go with seven, obviously I think Milne will be the next guy I'm up. But that's just the way I see it as of right now. Tight end, I have four. Um, Logan Thomas, obviously, is going to start again. Um, coming off a you know semi-down year, but you know obviously it was his first year back coming off ACL surgery. Um, they have John Bates, the blocking tight end, going into his third year from Boise State. And then you have... Um, Cole Turner from Nevada, the second-year player who you know missed a good amount of last year with injuries, um, but I think he's going to have a really good year this year. Everyone is hyping him up in many camp and OTAs, much like they did last offseason. But if he could stay healthy, you know he could you know, maybe take that starting role from Logan Thomas halfway through the year. And then I have Curtis Hodges making it as well. Um, obviously, um, Monty Rogers would have definitely made it if he didn't tear his Achilles, in my opinion. Bahad is a guy that you know, provides some similar aspects um, that Amani Rodgers did. So uh, I'm going to go with Curtis Hodges here to make the team at the fourth tight end. Offensive line-wise, you have nine. Um, I have Charles Leno's Jr. starting at left tackle. This is a, a position battle right here. Left guard between Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul. Um, it was funny when you know Chris Paul was traded to the Wizards. Um, there were two Chris Pauls in D.C. for a little bit. Two guards, um, obviously completely different athletes, but um, I digress. But anyway, Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul are going to be battling for that you know left guard spot. Sadiq's a guy that um, you know has some upside. He was a left tackle predominantly at LSU that year that Joe Burrow had that amazing uh, Heisman season, one of the best seasons in college football history as a quarterback when they had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and all those guys. Um but I think Sadiq is going to you know, win that left guard position just because he's been getting all the reps. He has a lot of potential. He just hasn't really stayed healthy. Looks much better at guard than he ever did at tackle. Um, and this is his year to do it. This is a contract year. If he slips up, Chris Paul is going to be the first one to take those reps. But I'm going to go Sadiq at left guard. And you have Nick Gates at center, the free agent signing commander from the Giants, a nasty guy. Um, definitely looks to finish blocks. Um, 
solid you know pickup from New York, and he's going to be a starter going in, into next year. Sam Cosme, his first year at right guard after transitioning over from right tackle, um, where he was drafted at Texas, where he played left and right tackle at Texas. But here he is, a guard, very athletic. Uh, he's going to be really good in, in the pool game for on run plays. So hopefully he takes off the right guard. And Andrew Wiley, the, probably the I guess if you want to say the most prized free agent signing in the offseason, at least money wise, getting a three year twenty four million dollar deal coming over from Kansas City. Starting at right tackle like he did at Kansas City last year. Every game that he played in, sorry, every regular season game and playoff game, and he is the right tackle here at Washington. Then you have Cornelius Lucas, the you know always solid swing tackle that can obviously come in and a pinch and start for you if there's injuries. Ricky Stromberg, the rookie third round pick from Arkansas, who eventually should be the starting center in a couple of years or next year. Chris Paul, the aforementioned guard, seventh round, second year player out of Tulsa. And then I have Brandon Daniels, obviously the fourth round pick from Utah, who they hope is a left tackle, but probably more fit as a guard long-term in the NFL. A D-line is a big number here. I don't know if all are going to make it, but uh, I'm going 10 here. Uh, obviously, you got Chase Young going into a contract here. Didn't really want him to. I wanted him to get the fifth-year option picked up. Obviously, the team looked otherwise, but I really, really hope he has an you know, amazing year. This team invested a lot of him as a second overall pick back in 2020. He has all the talent in the world. He can be a 10 to 15 sack a year guy if he hits his potential. Um, and I think he can do it this year. I, I, I think he's going to show out for this team, show out for his home city, and get that contract extension for this team. I have all the faith in the world in him. He just has to stay healthy. And you have Deron Payne coming off a big big year in the big contract extension, four years, 90 mil. He's only going to get better. He had obviously a career year last year, 11 and a half sacks. Then Jonathan Allen, the always steady team leader, um, you know, going into year seven for him. He's a guy that obviously you know what you're going to get and be one of the best fans tackles in the NFL. Montez Sweat, you have another good, another really good defensive end who needs to um, take another step to even get paid. Um, he's always been consistent, having at least seven sacks in every year of his career. Going to that fifth-year option, him and Chase, you know, could be fighting for one contract extension. Um, really good friends and you know guys that obviously root for each other, but you know might be a little selfish this year trying to get that number, the high sack number, so they can get a contract extension here or a contract somewhere else. Then you have backup defensive ends, F.A. Obato, who they re-signed from last year. Then you have James Smith-Williams, seventh-round pick, going into his contract year. Casey Tuhill, another guy going into his contract year. Then the rookie fifth-rounder from K.J. Henry from Clemson. Um, I think he's going to be a really good pass rush specialist for this team. And um, you know, I think he's a shoe-in to make the roster. Maybe he may, if they cut down the nine, I think obviously Tuhill and James Smith-Williams are fighting over K.J. Henry um, for that last defensive end position. And I have two um, backup defensive tackles on uh, Fedarian Mathis coming from Alabama. Going into his second year, obviously we didn't see much of him last year due to his knee injury. But he's a guy who they invested a second-round pick in. They got to see what he has. Hopefully he can be a good rotational piece, you know, get some good reps when, when um, Jonathan and Ron need a rest. And then John Ridgway going into his second year. He's a Dallas fifth-round pick who they cut after training camp and Washington luck, in, uh, luck into him after waivers. He was really, really Nice pickup for them when Mathis went down and provided really solid reps as a backup defensive tackle. At linebacker, I have four. You have Jamin Davis, who I think is going to have his true breakout year and become one of the um, better linebackers in the NFC, at least. All the talent in the world, physical talent, runs a 4-4, um, built like a Greek god. He's getting str- stronger, getting smarter in the game as long as um, as he's getting more responsibility. He wore the green dot a couple couple times last year. Um you know, I don't think he was ready to play middle linebackers rookie year. That's why he struggled. And then, you know, he, he 
I think he can get back to it, but I really think he's you know better as a you know outside linebacker in the NFL, four three style. And um, you know James is a guy that I think really can take a big step this year, um, and just really play loose. You can tell when he doesn't have to think a lot, he's a lot better. And you know hopefully he can you know, continue that role going forward. Then you have Cody Barr in the free agent signing from Seattle on a one year deal, and Kalike Hudson. I think Hudson had a really good game against Dallas, the last game of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if those two are fighting. Um, First starting spot. I know Hudson got some starting reps in OTAs. Barton was playing second team, but they said it was more to kind of learn the defense. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hudson has a really good preseason in training camp and they may even start along with John Jamin Davis. So um, obviously they signed Barton to come in and start, but Barton's going to make the team regardless. But I think those two are someone that could, you know, potentially be a battle for a starting linebacker position. I'll go with Barton because he was a free agent signing, but it's a close, close battle there. David Mayo, who's just... Seems like a cockroach can never be cut or killed. He always comes back um, really, you know, solid on special teams. Not the best middle linebacker when he's had to come in and play, but he's a serviceable body for the most part. And then Milo Effler, another guy um, who could be play that outside linebacker role as a fourth linebacker. Obviously, they could use more linebacker depth. Maybe they sign another another guy during camp. But as of right now, those are the four I have. The corner, I have six. Kendall Fuller going into his contract year. Um, the former Virginia Tech Koki had a you know, really solid second half, last 10 games of the year last year. I think he struggled the first part of the year. Um, it really took off and you know proved that he's still one of the better defensive backs in this team. Emmanuel Forbes, first-round pick from Mississippi State. And, I mean, his ball skills are tremendous. Obviously, we saw that at Mississippi State. Um, I really, really have high hopes for him, and hopefully he can you know have a really nice rookie year and bring an out of to this defensive secondary. That's seen his ball-hawking ability. Some of this team has lacked for a while. Then Benjamin St. Juice. He's been solid, of course, when he's been healthy, but obviously when healthy has been a big problem for him. It uh, looks like Ben is going to play in the slot this year with Forbes and Fuller on the outside. I think St. Jude is much better on the outside, but based off you know their their take on personnel, I think Benjamin St. Jude gives them the best shot in the inside corner. Danny Johnson, uh, he got a two-year extension in the offseason. He's going to make team Christian Holmes, second round, seventh-round pick going in his second year. Struggled when he had to play last year, but that's to be expected of a seventh-round pick. Um, I could see him obviously making again, make the roster again this year. And then Rashad Wild Goose, who they picked up off of waivers after um, training camp last year. I haven't making it because he can be another guy that can play in the slot. Um, but he's someone that I could see making the team in the sixth corner. Safety at five, Cam Crow, who's another guy going under contract here. I know I said that a lot on this um, podcast, but a lot of players are going under the um, a contract here. And, Know, thanks for watching, but luckily they do, at this point we'll have $84 million in cap space next year to sign a lot of those guys that we want them back. But Cam's a guy I think they need to have back. He's one of the most important players on this team, period, offense or defense. Um, and I really, really love Cam Crow, and I want to see him get an extension here in Washington. Derek Force coming off a hell of a year, going into year three. Four interceptions last year, four forced fumbles. He was definitely a ball hawk for this team, someone that they really, something they really needed. Um, and him and Curl, you know, you basically form one of the best safety duos this team has seen in a long time. Then you have the second round pick, Quan Martin from Illinois, who can play safety and inside corner. He should get some reps all over the field. I think he'll play the Buffalo Nickel as well. Excited to see what he can do going into his rookie year. Percy Butler, the uh, fourth round pick from 2021, excuse me, 2022, going into his second year out of Louisiana. Um, he's a guy that, you know, can play that deep middle um, role for the team. I have to expect him to get some more reps this year. And then Jeremy Reeves. Best special teamers in the NFL made all pro last year at special teams and pro bowl. He's a guy that you just love having your team um, for commodity purposes, special team purposes, and a guy that can play backup safety for you when you need him. In the special teams, you have three Cam Cheeseman, long snapper, Tress Way, one of the best punters in the league, and then Joey Sly, a kicker. 
I really think they should bring more in competition at first lie. He's been really inconsistent this last year or two. Um, but it seems like Braun still believes in him, and it looks like he's going to be the kick going forward. So that's how I initially see the 53 uh, coming out. Obviously, a lot could change you know, now uh, and, and before they make final roster cuts in the first week of September. But that's how I see it. Um, lastly, just going to talk about the Dan Snyder vote on July 20th. It looks like that's going to be the final day. Uh, that's my dad's birthday. It's going to be probably the best birthday gift he can ever have that you know, Snyder hopefully officially will be out. I know there's a new article coming out today that something that there's some legal process that could hold it up. Hopefully it's not the case. This fan base, this team needs this to finally be over. I think everyone is just really happy and ready to embrace Josh Harris um, as the new owner of the Commanders. And they can finally, you know, remove this black tile that's been over this franchise for 24 years, pretty much ever since I've been born. So um, I just want it to be over. I want it to be done. I want to see what this team can do with a new owner, you know, coming into, you know, next year, 2023. And hopefully it can finally be a day where all Commander fans can rejoice and just look forward to the future. But with that, that includes the Runaround League episode. We're only a few weeks away from training camp and football finally being here. Team had a solid offseason, and hopefully they'll continue to the groundwork for a successful season during training camp. They have the talent to surprise people this year. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScott21 and Instagram at League underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please hit subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.